Okay, I admit it. I'll come clean. I have had a passion for radio since I can remember. And that is more than 65 years ago. And believe me, I'm very grateful that I can remember that far back, especially since I can't remember when I go into a room why I went in there. And that includes the bathroom. But I digress. Hi, I'm John Lovering, the producer of Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. An opportunity to share my passion for old-time radio programming with people that have a similar passion, and perhaps many who were not even born when radio was the only immediate mass media that existed. My passion for radio expands beyond the radio programs. I'm an amateur, extra-class radio operator, call sign KC1XG, and though I have not been very active on ham radio in the past few years, I did expand my interest into the restoration of old radios about 30 years ago and have restored over 150 old tube radios. Unfortunately, a medical condition, a pacemaker, has made working on high-voltage radios with strong magnetic fields something that I can no longer safely do. So I have come full circle back to the programs that were heard over the radios. Hence, Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. Volunteering as a radio host on Portsmouth Community Radio for 13 years, doing a two-hour show every week called Portsmouth Community Radio Audio Theater gave me the opportunity to share my passion with a fairly local audience. And then along came the internet and podcasting, and here I am. I now volunteer as a video and audio editor at a local public media TV station, but the passion for radio is still there. I have always been interested in the history of the development of radio, and during my tenure on Portsmouth Community Radio, I did a series where I had a chance to focus attention to the history of radio. How did it begin? What was the first commercial radio station? Who was considered the father of radio? What roles did people like Lee DeForest, Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, Nathan Stubblefield, bet you never heard of him, Edwin Armstrong, David Sarnoff, Marconi, and so many more play in the technical development of radio. Oh, I suppose for most it's not important, but some amazingly intelligent and talented people laid the groundwork for every computer chip, SSD drive, transistor, vacuum tube, 4K television, smartphone, and the list goes on and on and on, because the principles of electricity and electromagnetic waves that they discovered and the equipment they invented from vacuum tubes to transistors, computer chips, circuit boards, and so much more, has made everything we have in the field of communication today possible. On this track, you will hear one of the few recordings that I played on Portsmouth Community Radio in January of 2010, entitled, From Wireless to Radio, Moments of the History of Radio. There are several tracks available in the playlist, History of Radio, on this podcast. I thank you for listening. And I appreciate the privilege of your time. Portsmouth Community Radio Audio Theater presents Wireless to Radio, a series of audio history highlights about the development of radio in America. In 1923, radio or wireless, as it was called then, changed the concept of home entertainment forever. This series will tell you about the people and the technology that made it all happen.
the first radio station. On October 17, 1919, an amateur ham radio operator and engineer at Westinghouse Electric, Dr. Frank Conrad, became bored with the idle chatter and put his microphone beside his phonograph and began broadcasting music from his garage on his 75-watt amateur station, 8XK, in Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania. He was flooded with letters from amazed listeners, other ham operators, who wanted more. Dr. Conrad then announced that he would broadcast records for two hours on Wednesday and Saturday evenings. When he ran out of his own records, the Hamilton Music Store in Wilkinsburg supplied records in exchange for a promotion by Dr. Conrad, thus possibly becoming the first radio advertiser. Eventually, Dr. Conrad's broadcast caught the attention of a local newspaper reporter who generated a lot of local interest when he wrote an article about Dr. Conrad and his garage station. Dr. Conrad's employer, Westinghouse Electric, saw a commercial opportunity and decided to build a station purely for the purpose of broadcasting. That station was KDKA and was rushed into operation so that it could, as its premier 100-watt broadcast, transmit the Harding-Cox presidential race election returns. On November 2, 1920, from a shack on the roof of the Westinghouse building in Pittsburgh, the first commercial radio broadcast station, KDKA, went on the air, and Leo Rosenberg, the first professional radio announcer, read the returns from the presidential election. This is KDKA of the Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company in East Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We shall now broadcast the election returns. We are receiving these returns through the cooperation and by special arrangements with the Pittsburgh Post and Sun. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us as we are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching and how it is being received. Warren Harding had defeated James Cox. It reached an audience of about 1,000 as far away as Canada, mostly ham radio operators. With the success of the station, Westinghouse began to manufacture and sell amateur wireless sets to meet the demands of the growing numbers who wanted to tune into the broadcast. The Westinghouse Areola Jr. selling for $25 was the first radio kit marketed for home use. The radio station continued to broadcast from the Westinghouse building for many years. The station continued to get upgrades and increased range, and within five years received reception reports from as far away as Australia and Antarctica. In the 1920s, KDKA played popular music, and on July 2, 1921, the station featured the first national broadcast with live commentary by radio's first sportscaster, Harold W. Arlen, of the Jack dempsey Georges Carpentier fight via teletype from New Jersey. KDKA hosted political comedian Will Rogers in his very first radio broadcast in 1922. Lone Shark and Interest Hound. I have addressed every form of organized graft in the United States, uh, excepting Congress. So it's naturally a pleasure to me to uh, appear before the biggest. You are without a doubt the most disgustingly rich audience I ever talked to, with the possible exception of the bootleggers' uh, union, local number one, combined with the enforcement officer. Now I understand you hold this uh, convention every year to announce what the annual GIP will be. I have often wondered uh, where the depositors hold that convention. I had an account in the bank once, and the banker, he asked me to withdraw it. 
that I used up more red ink and the count was worse. I see where your wife come with you. You notice I say come, not the uh, word brought. I see where your convention was opened by a prayer. You had to send outside your ranks to get somebody that knew how to pray. You should have had one creditor there. He'd have shown you how to pray. I noticed uh, in the prayer the clergyman announced to the uh, Almighty that the bankers were here. Well, it wasn't uh, exactly an announcement. Uh, it was uh, more in the nature of a warning. He didn't tell the devil, as uh, he figured to. He knew where you all were all the time, anyhow. I see by your speeches that you are very optimistic of the business conditions of the coming year. Boy, I don't blame you. <laughs> if I had your dough, I'd be optimistic too. Will you please tell me what you all do with the vice president the bank has? I guess uh, that's to get uh, anybody more discouraged before you can see the main guy. Well, the United States is the biggest business institution in the world. They've only got one vice president. Nobody's ever found anything for him to do. I've met most of you as I come out of the stage door of the Follies every night. I want to tell you that any of you that are capitalized at under a million dollars needn't hang around there. Our girls may not know their Latin and Greek, but they certainly know their Dunn and Bradstreet. You have a wonderful organization. I understand you have uh, 10,000 here, and with what you have in the various federal prisons brings your membership up to around 30,000. So goodbye, paupers. You're the finest bunch of Shylocks that ever foreclosed a mortgage on a widow's home. In 1939, KDKA was producing 50,000 watts from an antenna that stood 718 feet tall and was 1,900 feet above sea level. It was the tallest structure in the country at the time. It was made of carbon steel and manufactured by the American Bridge Company, and it had the strongest radio signal within its range of any other antenna in the United States. As a sidelight, yours truly has a slice of that antenna embedded in Lucite, as it was sliced up and sold to benefit the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh when the antenna was replaced after 55 years in 1994. KDKA was first in many things. First radio church service, President Hoover's first address, first broadcast from a theater, first sports broadcast, first farm report, first baseball play-by-play, -play. the Pittsburgh Pirates defeated the Philadelphia Phillies 8-5 on August 5, 1921, they had the first radio newsroom, and on July 23, 1982, the first station in the world to broadcast an AM stereo. And that is your Portsmouth Community Radio's audio theater wireless to radio moment in history for this evening.